Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, the summer is winding down. We have ever so few days left until the NFL season kicks off. This School's is- right around the corner. They might oh, even yeah. let my kids go into one of the buildings. What? Yeah, that's I know wild. it's getting it's it's getting wild around here, but yeah, At least that's, for uh, September probably, right? Yeah, no, oh, yeah, the we got a family vacation yet before the summer's up, and cool. Then it's all of a sudden it's going to be Memorial Day or Labor Day or whichever one's at the end of the summer. I can never really quite remember. I've got I'm getting hit up for the fantasy leagues I'm in. Like, oh shit, yeah, I haven't done much research on fantasy yet yeah haven't yet haven't seen any preseason football but that does not stop us we still press on here and today we are going to top off the nfc east pretty uninspiring division overall um although today's podcast is probably two of the most uh anticipated breakdowns of the whole the of the whole preseason preview wouldn't you say People are just on their edges of their seats, want to know what we have to think about the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and of course the your Dallas Cowboys. My Dallas Cowboys. Maybe yeah, probably the biggest regret from the whole summer is not trying to find more ways to bet over nine, whenever it was at a reasonable price. Yeah, that was we'll like probably a couple of weeks right after the Super Bowl, though. It was a nine. Yeah, yeah that, no, that yeah, one, you, you that one caught steam much real quick. For good reason. And we'll get into that in terms of how much they underachieved relative to their Pythag expectation. Um, Yeah, that one's big. Let's start with Philly, though. Start with the Eagles. So, I don't know if you remember this, but Philly was the NFC East champion last year at 9-7. and Um, They were underdogs in their home game against Seattle. In the wild card round, if I remember correctly, they went off as a very short dog. Um, and the season all fell apart when Jadavian Clowney took Carson Wentz out of the game. Uh, welcome in a Josh McCown with a torn hamstring. Never really could manifest much, although he gave it his he gave it his heart his his best shot, uh, but was not enough to get a win versus the Seahawks. They lose seventeen to nine. Um, overall, a pretty. I was kind of mad that wasn't more of a season. more of a blowout. Yeah, I know. I thought the Seattle should have had that a lot more in hand, but that was that was the nature of the Seattle Seahawks in 2019. Was um, you know leave you know let teams stay in games when you are clearly better than them. But whatever. Um, it was a weird season for Philly last year, top to bottom. They yeah, dropped. just a lot of expectations and just. A- I mean, maybe we don't talk about it as enough because we talk about the Chargers so much in this regard, but nasty, nasty injury bug. They had depth, but when you get cluster injuries at the same – it's weird. You don't see this that often. I don't think where you just have a massive wide receiver cluster injury slash the dropsies. Like it, it turned in it, – it forced them into kind of a weird offense where they just – they were – Maybe the heaviest tight end usage. I don't know. They they used be, twelve personnel a one. shitload. Like, like for sure one. they used they used twelve personnel a lot, and it was out of necessity when all your receivers go down. And the fact that they they had two good tight ends, and that they used so many tight end packages before that, like they weren't carrying a ton of receivers. So they were like signing receivers throughout the season to backfill, 
and it was messy. It was kind of messy from the get go on that. Looks like I pulled up. I did have to pull up my screen to make sure I bet Seattle one and a half in that game. Nailed it. Wild card weekend. What a, what a, <laughs> that was a great weekend. Yeah, that was a, it looks like I pushed on the Minnesota total. Oh, Thanks wow. A lot. Really? Thanks for nothing. New Orleans 46. I had, yeah, it looks like it was two, one and one. Oh, you know, what's especially tough about that is you didn't get the extra point in overtime. That would take it an over. There you go. <laughs> Although, did you really deserve it that you only got – you needed a, an overtime touchdown to even be in the game there? Um, but, no, I think uh, Wild Card Weekend was a lot of fun last year, uh, except for Philly fans probably. Um, and I guess yeah, just kind of like a broader commentary on their season, they were a very, very popular pick to go to the Super Bowl for the NFC. Uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, kind of an expectation that Carson Wentz was going to take uh, kind of his big leap uh, and realize a lot of the potential that we've seen from him through the years. Uh, and okay, now here he has a fully healthy season with, uh, you know, this badass offensive line and all of this talent on this team. They're really going to get it done this year. Um, but it just never really took off for them. They had a weird sloppy win week one against the Redskins. They didn't cover. They lose two to bottom feeders in the Falcons and Lions. Uh, they played their heart outs on Thursday Night Football, beat the Packers, but it was a 500 team for most of the season, and it took a four-game win streak down the stretch after losing to the Dolphins and looking at five and seven, almost certainly out of the playoff picture. They come down the stretch with an overtime win against Eli Manning and the Giants, which was uninspiring. <laughs> and then, that was an uh, unwatchable game. <laughs> unwatchable game. Uh, and, uh, that was Street, the joke yeah. down the stretch, the NFC East games that were getting no put one, on like prime, yeah. primetime Giants Ugh. a bunch, and they, it was bad. But, yeah, they, they, they did what they had to to get in the playoffs, God bless them, with uh, them all up, the yeah. injuries. They, yeah. Took a took a four game win streak down the stretch to get to nine and seven and take the division from the Cowboys. Really, it all came down to that Week sixteen win, seventeen uh, nine, uh, in like this the gross conditions where Dallas underachieved for the millionth time. Amari Cooper on the sidelines for a lot of the consequential downs in that game uh, went off. Uh, Dallas was on offense, um, but you know they played hard. Like then to the degree we can say with certainty, like Doug Peterson's still a good coach. Um, For sure. And, you know, he's, he, I felt like Doug Peterson regressed a little last season in his decision-making didn't love kind of the, um, you know, he kind of veered a little bit from his um, aggressive go for it mentality. Um, but you can also understand, uh, you know, he didn't want to put Carson Wentz in harm's way because he was dealing with injuries himself. Um, and I think, you know, they early in the season, I feel like what affected them more than anything was um, the cluster injury they had at the at the uh, defensive back position. Um, they yeah, got they got thin. They got thin there. Ooh, that game against the Vikings, man, they got like Kirk Cousins did whatever the hell he wanted to in that game. Uh, they lose thirty eight to twenty. They got gashed by the Cowboys on thir- on Sunday Night Football. Like it was a it was a bad bad defense because they were that's, so vulnerable that's wild, in the secondary. Too, they- some of the games they won against, like, I, I don't even want to look if I, I probably bet the Packers over them in that early one because, remember, they had, like, nobody left. They had a practice squad kid up playing, like, starting corner. Like They, they had a massive – just both sides. It's uh, We're going to keep going back to the Booger tweet. You need players 
who affect the passing game on both sides of the ball to win. And, yeah, I mean, all the receivers getting hurt, all the defensive secondary getting hurt. I'm looking to that pick Green Bay. It looks like I managed to stay away from that somehow. I bet Philly and Allen because that was Matt LaFleur's first ever Thursday night football game, and I can't help myself but bet that angle every time I have the chance. So I was for sure on Philly. Um, they didn't necessarily deserve that win. They played super physical. Like, that was a really, really physical game. But they couldn't afford to go 1-3, and Packers were 3-0 at the time. So, and you know, still they great, wanted it more. Great pass rush. <laughs> I mean, great pass rush. Yeah, Not true. only pass rush, great, great point. pass rush depth, pass rush scheme. I mean, and not only depth, but good depth. Like the guys that were rotating in were getting good pressure. Yeah. They were moving, you know, moving D, D ends inside sometimes. I mean, it's. Shit loads of talent on that side of the ball yeah. in the defensive line. But absolutely um, no show from the secondary for most of the season, uh, followed by, as you mentioned, the wide receivers getting hurt down the stretch really impacted their ability to run a, a normal offense. Um, There were some bright spots on the offense. I thought Greg Ward actually was kind of good as a wide receiver. Uh, Hopefully he gets a a little bit of run this year. We'll see. Not expecting to see much of Alshon Jeffrey this year. And Deshaun Jackson is slated to be wide receiver one, but I will be blown away if he does not get hurt at some point. Um, But uh, yeah, they got some, they got some young players in our, you know, in the JJ Arenciaga Whiteside and uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, to go along with that Greg Ward. It's a weird group. Um, they had a bright spot in Miles Sanders. Uh, might be a better uh, long-term player in the NFL than his backfield mate out of Penn State, Sack Barkley. What, what, what do you think of that? Is that a hot take? It's not. It's probably not. Like, as far as if you want to actually dig into some advanced metrics and look at yeah, wins over replacement or, you know, how much he actually helps, helps the team. <clears throat> you know, you're not going to see these 60-yard – well, that's the thing with sack one. You see the 60-yard scamper for a touchdown in a 14 – you know, a 35-14 to 14 yes. Giants loss. Yes. Like, oh, good. You know, like, uh, is, is he really helping the team? Whatever. So, yeah, that, that, that was kind of a forced hand thing, uh, Ward bringing Ward in. They were running out of receivers. You can only do so much with uh, who you have on your team and if you have any depth in the practice squad or whatever. So they kind of went all in on that. You know, Jeffrey, with Jeffrey and Jackson being who they are, I think obviously they were, it was obvious they were going to draft someone at 21 there. I'm mm-hmm. not sure they didn't trade that pick. That was always where they were slotted, right? Yeah, Granted, you know, except. In a normal year, they absolutely trade down, I think, because yeah. uh, they reached a little bit to take uh, Rieger uh, at 21. It was I thought it was surprising they took him. I don't know. You know, like we've said before, we don't sit and watch all the tape on all these kids. There were so many talented wide receivers. In the first couple rounds, they ended up actually taking another one in the fifth and sixth rounds. They had quite a few picks. I thought they – I thought they did well um, without knowing how these receivers are all going to play out for all the, you know, there's going to be a lot to track when we go back and talk about the 2020 receiver class, but without knowing, I mean, let's just assume they made it a solid choice there. And then I liked that they took a quarterback, I guess Mm. there was a lot of options on the table. And when you have a guy like Carson Wentz, you need, and it's been shown. I mean, if there's ever a better example to having a decent backup, it's the Eagles. 
I mean, yeah. talk about going on a run with a backup. But I like that they went with a backup cheap. You know, still second-round money, but it's not paying Chase Daniel to be your backup. This one actually has upside. Mm-hmm. So I guess I like the move because it, it keeps some cap space instead of signing a veteran backup to come in and back up so, and probably going to have to play. Like you give Hurts the chance to learn on the bench, and when, you know, Wentz gets hurt in week 10 – he gets to step in or hopefully earlier for not that we cheer for injuries, but we have some pretty stupid big numbers on Jalen Hurts rookie of the year for when Carson Wentz inevitably has, you know, Liz Frank surgery. Well, let's talk about Carson Wentz injury was. So So I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't know what to do with this guy. This is really where it all, the entire 2020 Eagles starts and ends for me. And um, I would say, Maybe like let's go back in time to early April ish, right? We're looking across the uh, the NFC landscape. I'm thinking to myself, man, it is really going to be tough to decide, um, you know, who has a better shot at the NFC East between the Eagles and the Cowboys this year. These are really comparably, uh, you know, talented rosters. Um, you know, the Eagles have a little bit better, a lot, a lot, you know, a lot better personnel defensively. The Cowboys have some nice personnel offensively. Like this is going to be a good showdown. It's probably fair that this is about a pick em between these two to win the NFC East. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Carson Wentz is going to be another year removed from his ACL surgery. Um, they're going to have one of the better offensive lines in football. Um, they're going to upgrade some of their wide receiver issues in the draft. Like all of this is, you know, this is a team on the up, you know, on the uh, on the upswing here. And then the drafting of Hertz kind of entirely changed some of my perspective on how this team views the current, you know, the now and the future of the franchise and some of the concerns that they may have of the long-term health of Wentz. You're joking about the, the list Frank injury and yeah, he's been often injured. Um, but uh, I think it's not, you know, it's not crazy. The type, you know, the specific injury he sustained in that playoff game Um is one that, you know, I kind of brushed it off at the time, but after seeing them draft Hertz with their 53 overall pick, number, you know, round two pick, they take a quarterback. I went back and watched it a little bit more carefully. I read some of the he comments. He got crushed. He really did get absolutely smashed. And it, like, was, I'm, I'm not it was bad. Sure it was, that was bad. I'm not sure it was like a dirty hit. And, you know, it, it just – uh, a top tier defensive freak out there playing at 100 miles an hour, stuff like that's going to happen. But it, it, if it wasn't a dirty hit, I can still say it was a violent, scary hit. Like he crushed him. That looked bad. It looked worse because they showed it a thousand times. Yeah. I made a joke about that. Pay. It's funny. One of those men doesn't even have a job. But, uh, yeah. no, and yeah. I think. Like, you you know, we're talking a lot about roster construction here. And, you know, they made some moves to try to fill in a corner. Obviously, a bunch of moves for wide out. We haven't even talked about it. They signed uh, Marquise Goodwin or traded for him. Like, that's a, a just another spot in the wide receiver stable. They maybe don't have as good of an offensive line as they have in years past, but it's still very, very serviceable. I think probably the only really massive hole – is linebacker and then but like your your biggest chance at finding a giant hole is going to be quarterback like if you go into the season you say ah here's where we're weak at but we have a decent quarter like your quarterback is a huge risk based off injuries and past you know i don't know if everybody would agree that 
people can be injury prone, but I, I, I guess I buy into it, especially if somebody's had injuries of that magnitude. And you see it time and time again with some of the players that just continually get hurt. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to want to play all that smart as yeah. far as not taking some of these hits. So I don't blame them at all because, you know, I just, going back to what I just said about if you're going to make these investments in the receiving core, you have good tight ends, great tight ends. You have a good line. You have really good pass rushers. You're starting to put a secondary together, even though you did lose Malcolm Jenkins. That doesn't help, but you brought in Slay at corner, uh, Robbie Coleman. You have almost a, a really complete team. And if Wentz does go down again and you're going to throw Josh McCown out there, like, what did you – why did you put all that effort in building a team around him? Sure. Like you, you need to absolutely have a hard plan B there. That's right. I guess I didn't mind him taking a quarterback that early. I kind of liked it, especially since it's cheaper to pay a rookie. And, I mean, to your point, I hadn't thought about it as much in the long term. But it, it makes sense in the long term, too, if they're worried about him this year. I guess you're worried yeah. about him in going perpetuity. forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in, in, per, in perpetuity. So – that's yeah. That's I'm. I guess I'm fine with it. And uh, hurts. I mean, we've seen a couple Oklahoma quarterbacks come up the last few years and do just fine. So I'm. I'm not. Uh, again, I'm not 100 percent sure some of these guys are all going to make it. You've seen lots of quarterbacks flame out, especially guys who played in such a, you know, just great system built around them with studs in front of them all the time. But I'm. I'm bullish on hurts. Yeah. No, same. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of draft capital to invest if he's not going, you know, if you're not anticipating him taking over as the starting yeah, QB in the future. Um, they have some money tied up in uh, in Carson Wentz, but it's not a back-breaking deal like some of the other qu- quarterbacks around the league. Um, and, yeah, for sure. Like, it's crazy because, what, three was it three years ago? Wentz was, I don't know, what, 12-1 and one or 12-2 and two through 14 weeks and – playing the Rams and it's like, Oh, this could be your NFC, you know, championship preview. And, you know, he'd like just a fluky ass ACL tear uh, as he was diving for the end zone. You remember that? And yeah, that was the the grossest way. I don't like watching people's knees buckle on like non-contact injuries, but I feel like that was worse because it got like crushed between two men. Yeah, it wasn't good. When he was in the air, and I, I'm just I, – I remember seeing it. I'm like, well, that can't be an ACL. That's not how you tear an ACL. That's yeah. not how that works. And then they're just like, yeah, everything got ripped. because it just got, yeah. It just got beat from both sides as hard as you can. I mean, put it in a huge yeah. vice. Yeah. People coming at it with inertia. And, yeah, I'm like, that was that was gross. And I think he might be done. I, th- I thought he might have just been done forever. Yeah, and I guess – what I, where I, one of the things that was especially exciting about Wentz is that he had kind of, he, you know, he had pre ACL, he had this ability to gain first downs in short yardage yeah. situations. That was awesome. Uh, he had like, he has like this weird um, next level athleticism that you don't see coming uh, an escapability factor uh, in the collapsing pocket. That was pretty cool. Uh, a bunch of plays where he just looked like Houdini out there that he didn't get sacked and he picks up first downs and, you know, kept those, 
Philly drives alive, scored all these extra points because they were going for it so often. It was just, it was a cool, uh, you know, future with a high ceiling. And it's all kind of been shattered to a degree, I think, by their decision-making and specifically taking Hurts is maybe I feel like there's, I could be entirely overreacting. It could be interpreting signs and signals that are not there. Um, But I do think it sends a message that there is a long-term concern about him being the starting quarterback here. Um, And specifically for this season. I don't think that's like conspiracy theory-ish. No, I I I think that's totally reasonable. And this year, especially because you have some uncertainty with one of your guard positions and then your other guard was one of the best guards in all of football. And he's out for the season with the, what, Achilles? Brooks is Brandon uh, Brooks done yeah. for the season with an Achilles. Brooks, yeah, it's torn. There's, yeah, it's season for sure. There's no chance he plays, and they've actually had some people dinging up already, and some people have had to take some time with the trainer as far as the offensive line goes in camp already. So, oh really? Yeah, that's that's not yeah, that's not a recipe for success when you when you have, have a, a fragile QB QB like that. And I get it. Like it, it is sneaky out how good he is with his feet, but I don't know when you're looking across the line, you see Ed Sheeran with a helmet on, I guess it's surprising when he just goes Lamar <laughs> on your ass. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and the he, he's is, fun yeah. when he's healthy. He's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. It, but that, you know, it's a scary, the scary injury that he sustained in the playoffs last year. Back injury is, is, you know, that yeah. one hit, you know, like this is the, and we talked about it when we did our rookie of the year preview, like, you know, this is that was why Dak as a rookie of the year that year was such a solid play. And hat tip to Sports Cheetah for pointing this out. But like, yeah, I mean, when you got a bad back, it only takes one hit, uh, and you're going to get hit a lot if you're the quarterback. <laughs> and uh, in particular, if your offensive line is fitting in some new pieces uh, and went from what was clearly a top five to maybe middle of the pack, um, I still like Kelsey and Lane Johnson a lot. Uh, we don't really know what to make of Dillard yet. Um, and you know, you always have two tight ends on the field, which is good for protection purposes. Um, and those two tight ends are absolutely awesome patch pass catchers too. So like, it's a good offense in general. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, like my expectations for the team are not that different, I guess, if Wentz starts all 16 games versus if there's some combination of Wentz and Hertz, if Wentz is dealing with injuries for extended periods, um, just because overall the talent is pretty strong in lots of important places. And overall this, the, uh, you know, the franchise is pretty, you know, it's pretty smart, pretty forward thinking, pretty analytically heavy. Um, and, uh, you know, pretty committed to plus EV football decision-making, uh, plus, you know, as you mentioned, the defensive line is full of studs, uh, deep, uh, great scheme. And, deep, uh, a lot of rotations that they can yeah. use and just keep throwing at you. But, and, you know, by the time, by the time you get to third and long, it's like, oh, it gets worse. This gets tougher. They can, they can make this harder on me. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, so, it's, it's something to be seen when they're, when that defensive line is fully healthy, especially if the coverage unit can come together a little and, and I mean, not get injured, maybe a little injury luck. Like sure. if you have a terrible, if you have a terrible coverage you're, unit, you're definitely it, do. It neuters. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it neuters your, you know, just based on how many players they were down at certain points in the coverage. It, it neuters your pass rush when you can just, 
beat people easily on, you know, and the opposing receivers are beating your backup corners so badly that the, the pass rush doesn't have time to get there. So if they can stay healthy and play up a little, it's just going to further amplify how good this pass rush can be. It could be a good defense, maybe a little bit of a tight end or slot receiver funnel with some fast but shitty linebackers. Like they're quick, but they're bad, I guess. is kind of my, my take on them. Well, you know, I don't think it really matters one way or the other. I mean, you know, you're – I don't know that they're going to be in base defense very much. Um, and I like I like what they did at cornerback in the offseason. I like Slay. I like, Cole, I like Coleman. Um, and their safeties should play better this year. Um, plus, they're going to get pressure. They're going to generate pressure. Basically, the Philadelphia Eagles, like, it's, it's possible that I have completely unfairly, you know, swayed my – power rating on these guys based on some of the decision-making specifically the drafting of Hertz in the second round is entirely possible that I'm overreacting to that and that they are still absolutely live uh, for the uh, NFC East and that they are going to go toe to toe with the Cowboys this year. And they are a more complete roster overall, I think out, you know, outside of the quarterback position question mark. Um, and you know, as you look in your, as any of these teams that they will face, look at their schedule. I don't think anyone is looking forward to playing the Eagles. <laughs> like there, this is a team that you are going to have a very tough test with. Uh, when you find them on your schedule, um, and yeah, just and, some of the offensive lines that are going to have to go up against. I mean, just yeah, right off the get go, the Rams, Cincy, yeah, oh, brutal, brutal, I mean, brutal. There's there, there's some there's some offensive lines that are going to have their absolutely have their handful. I mean, New Orleans has a good line. <laughs> San Fran can hang Dallas, but there's still some of these teams. Like, yeah, Arizona. Yeah, it's not going to be good. Still ca- they're good. still kind of trying to put things together. Washington yeah. twice. Well, um, not great. New York Giants, not great. Yeah, look up. How, how about how about two rookie? Uh, yeah, two rookie tackles at the Giants, not great. Um, it's uh, so yeah, they are going to be a tough, tough test for many of the teams on their schedule. Um, I think this is kind of a like a relatively narrow band of outcomes for these guys, regardless of what happens, because. Uh, to quote our friend uh, Plus EV Analytics, the clipboard delta is pretty small, um, in my opinion. But uh, even though we've not seen much of Hertz um, or really any of his NFL play to this point, um, I'm going to need full credit when he does that article because I, I named it. He came up with it, but oh, I named you did? it. Oh, I forgot I that you came up with it. it. Oh, okay, you named but, it. But like, it was such a good like that. He he thinks so much differently than us. Like we're, we're, you know, we're talking players and team, and he's ta- He's always thinking, well, he's an insurance guy. Like he's always thinking about well, what's the worst that could happen. Like that, that's such a, it's, it's an interesting way to approach it, but it's, it's really smart when you're looking at the tales of, you know, how, how bad could the season go for someone? And for a lot of teams, how bad the season could go is like your starting quarterback gets hurt. That's how bad the season could go. So he, you know, breaking down, how bad it will be if you have to go with a backup for some of these teams is, is a pretty interesting exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you're, you're right in that uh, you wanted a guy like Hertz to develop, uh, you know, to, to be your, to be your backup if needed. Um, If you look at the distribution of their positional spending, it's just flat out. Awesome. Like this is exactly how you want it to look. uh, If you are building a championship team, in my opinion. Um, they've invested in all the right places. Uh, and, uh, I really, you know, they give them a huge, huge credit for what they did in terms of addressing their holes in the off season. Um, but I still don't think this is a potential Super Bowl winning team. I think their ceiling is relatively low and it's, you know, kind of just, 
I've guess I've soured a little bit on Wentz's potential, even on Wentz's play if healthy, if that's makes sense. Um, you know, yeah. if, if you get 16 games out of Carson Wentz, is he, does he have uh, enough tools? Does he have enough, um, you know, enough uh, overall talent at this point to be well, considered will, will he still... an MVP candidate still? And, you know, and I, I, I posited it as a negative when I said he doesn't seem to protect himself or care to when he runs the ball or takes some of these hits even in the pocket. But, you know, if you go too far the other way, does that just completely negate a skill set? If he become, you know, if the, the coaching staff tells him and he decides I'm, I'm going to not have to take as many hits this year, I'm going to be throwing the ball away rather than tucking it. Yeah. Like, does that totally change him and just drop him like, you know, five, eight, ten spots as far as your quarterback rankings. Like, this guy just isn't dynamic anymore, and it's it's all based on his own self-preservation or playing a little safer, smarter, however you want to say it. So if that's a big concern for me, too, as far as the, the injuries he's sustained now, a couple nasty ones. I, I wouldn't blame the guy if he didn't, you know, run with the ball quite as much or take as many hits or, you know, maybe he, he sees that, you know, he sees that first down marker and he sees, a, <clears throat> you know, a safety running at 25 miles an hour. Maybe he hits that sideline instead of taking that hit. And, you know, just a few plays like that a game and all of a sudden he's not, he's not this dynamic playmaker. He's just a run-of-the-mill quarterback and this team isn't quite as good. But I think I agree on the, uh, on the narrow band of distributions. Just the, the schedule is – it's tough, but again, you get Washington and the Giants twice. You get, I don't know. Since he's a nice, you want Cincy early in your schedule, and they got it. Uh, you yeah, want starting starting three and zero doesn't feel out of the realm of possibility. No, and definitely then you not. Get no, in, especially you get, oh, you're going to get a nice spot, and uh, that I mean that boy, boy does that week two set up well for um, a yep. bunch of a bunch of things. Um, exactly under Philly like there's a couple of things that scream that you know yeah we'll get to the yeah, Cowboys I think, I think second, we, we might after, have we might have talked about that under when we talked about the Rams I think we might have because there's going to be 70, like 70 points on Sunday night football week one and uh, they're going to turn around and open up that thing inflated as hell and it's just going to be a defensive masterpiece because uh, yeah. it's just such a perfect like, yeah I mean you, you should you should start three and all the, obviously the Rams game's a little tougher than the other two but then uh, a tough spot, and I think that'll be awful telling about if this team is should even be thought of as a team who could make like the NFC title game. It's when they play at San Francisco Week Four because that's likely something that they're going to have to do to go deep into the playoffs. And if that front, you know, if they are struggling with this new mismatch or mishmash, kind of what they put together with the offensive line, yeah, if that struggles know. mightily against you'll the pass rush. There. I mean that that might be the game that gets Wentz knocked out. I mean, go at San Francisco, at Pittsburgh. Go play those two pass defenses. I mean, really, the three of the first four, and then Baltimore. Take some shots. I mean, three of the first four. Yeah, five of the first six. You have a very, very, very Washington, San Francisco. Aaron Donald. I mean, the Rams, yeah. the Rams get, are no yeah. slouch. Chase Young, Aaron Donald, uh, Nick Bosa, Bosa. T.J. Watt. 
uh, yeah, good, <laughs> good, good. And little, then Baltimore, uh, and then you get rewarded start. with Baltimore. Yeah, right. All we need now is the Bengals to sign Jadavian Clowney, and your nightmare is complete uh, if you're Carson Wentz. Um, it's yeah, it's not great. It really isn't, and it's a it's scary uh, that this is the uh, you know the potential landing that he's got starting off the season. Um, which I think is why I'm so gun shy, really be buying into this team being a contender. Um, and maybe it's not fair, I, but it's uh, it, this is going to be a tough season for these guys. I think I just, I don't see this. I don't see anything coming easy for this team. Well, at least Philly has the Sixers. <laughs> That's not very nice. That's um, not very nice at all. I think they got rid of their coach. They're happy. So yeah, that's true. I'm uh yeah I'm <laughs> I'm I'm like Eagles neutral. I think it, I wouldn't be surprised. I guess if this if Wentz stays healthy, he's a little smarter, and the pass protection is okay. I think we're gonna have a dynamic passing offense, and the secondary is a big question mark too. This is, this is a big like double question mark team for me. Is the pass offense going to come together and it's multiple things like some of the new pieces on the line, new pieces in the receiving core that should be good, but will they be, will your first round pick pay off at all? Will Wentz stay healthy? Will the secondary work out? Like basically all I really know about this team is the tight ends will be very good and the pass rush will be there. So a lot of question marks, but again, I don't think there's like some disaster scenario where they win like five games. So no, I'm not looking no. at alts. I'm not looking at win totals. No, uh, I'm, I'm struggling to find a spot. I'm looking at like Dallas and their schedule. I'm not picking out like a really good spot to grab Philly where Dallas has some murder stretch. Dallas's schedule is kind of uh, balanced might not be the right word, but like dispersed. They don't have a big, nasty stretch. They have shitty teams mixed in all over. So I don't think there's some spot where it's like Dallas is going to be so overrated here and we're going to grab Philly because they have an easy stretch. Because yeah. Philly's schedule isn't isn't great, I guess. Off the bye, they get Giants, Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, Dallas. Well, yeah. I, mean, it, I guess when I look at their schedule, I think uh, out of your bye, you beat the Giants. Yeah. You're – I think all reasonable expectations there, you're four and four. You probably have a ceiling of three, a five and three, and a floor of three and five. Um, and then you go through a really, really difficult four-game stretch. That's Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans. That's a very tough little stretch right there. All teams that you are going to – you know, three teams that you are very much like, I guess – I'm 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 expecting at Cleveland to be a pick, home versus Seattle to be a pick, at Green Bay. It's a, to be a second pick. straight road game. Yeah. And and then Seattle will be coming with extra rest. Yeah. And then you go to the frozen tundra. Yeah. So that's like one, two, three right there where you have three pickums, <laughs> probably. Um, and then New Orleans. And then New Orleans, right. So two and two. So now we're at what? Six, six and six, and six. <laughs> so it's like yeah. it's and then, tough. Yeah, if you take care of Arizona and Washington. Eight and eight. Eight and eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's uh, four it's, of seven, ceiling of nine. Yeah, it's really it's really that simple about these guys, I think. Um, and you know, it's I guess I didn't see 
the the huge year from them coming the year they won the Super Bowl. You know, the year that what, what did they they got the one seed. Nobody they did. were they got the one seed. They were what like thirteen and three or fourteen and two. They had a really 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 good record that year, and I definitely didn't see that coming. Like they had been what five and eleven the previous season, and like it felt like everything went right. They went thirteen and three after going seven and nine and being last in the division the previous season. Yeah, the championship Sunday had Nick Foles, Case Keenum, and Blake Bortles in it. Yeah, great point. Any, any, but nobody saw any of that coming. No one saw that coming. That's a great point. Um, but and I guess I guess the one thing that I would kind of the one thing that I would use to aid the the um, the high floor is that this is a good coaching staff. It's a good front office. Maybe one of the top five in football front office. And they're they're experienced coaching staff fighting around 10. injuries. Yeah, they're experienced navigating a very difficult test trying season. Um, and you have a, a complete the complete coaching staff comes back. Mike Groh, Jim Schwartz, Doug Peterson, these guys. This is their third or fourth year together. Um, I guess fourth, fifth year together for uh, for Doug and Mike and Jim, Jim Swartz. This is his fourth year with the crew. Um, so you have you know the, you have the continuity there, which is important, um, especially in this year. I think uh, so. You know, it's 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 very very tough to make the case that the wheels just totally fall off, um, even if something happens to your your best or your most important player as as far as your core quarterback goes. So. Um, not really any hot takes here on Philadelphia. I was pre- totally prepared to, uh, you know, go against the, uh, you know, all of this Dallas, uh, um, you know, just effusive the, love. The, that yeah, the, has freight, for the, the freight Cowboys, train that the, was the, the freight Dallas trains line. that is the uh, the momentum on on side of you know Dallas being the the, the hot team this year. Um, you know, I was, I was ready to, I was ready to go with the Eagles. This team but, makes uh, it hard um, to do it. Yeah. You can't just yeah, do it to do it. Can't do it now. Not, not feeling it right now. Could change my mind, but their schedule stuff. There's just, it's just, there's too many coin flips on this, in this thing. And um, yeah, too many question marks with the, uh, with the quarterback and really just the entire, you're right. The entire receiving, the entire passing game uh, beyond Zach Ertz and Dallas Godard is uh this is not not, com- not confidence inspiring. I guess is the right way to put it. Well, let's uh, let's talk about those mm, Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited for this team. I biggest guess, under I, were they the biggest I, underachievers I last they, year? Oh yeah, their their Pythag was like eleven. Oh my goodness, it was eleven. Holy crap. How in the world did they go eight and eight with an eleven Pythag? Well, he's in New York now, but uh, there is a reason. <laughs> like uh, it was, it was a weird season for for me watching them because I was, I guess I've, I've been high on them. I'm always high on them. The, you look at the roster and what they should do, and it's like this should be a good team. I don't quite understand what we're doing here. And then you know you let it's almost like let Russ cook. It's let Kellen Moore cook, and it works. And then all of a sudden you see the more and more, like, the tendencies of Garrett starting to slip in there and, like, shit, the game's over. This is done. We're done here now. It's, it's you know, party's over completely on this. So uh, I guess I'm, I'm glad he's gone. I wasn't 
I don't know if I've ever said anything nice about McCarthy. Maybe towards the end of his career, I was a little more harsh on him, and maybe that's where I was a little more into football and actually grading coaches. I'm not sure I was really digging into how good a coach was when when I was a younger man, but we we were probably pretty harsh on McCarthy towards the end of his career. Fine with him getting, you know, being done in Green Bay. But I, I guess I don't mind this hire. It's He's won a Super Bowl. He's not Jason Garrett, and he kept killing more. So here we yeah. are. Here we are. And it, it, it's all, all, all systems are a go. They have all these pieces. Why not us? Why not now? Yeah. Boy. Yeah, I think we're going to have to – I don't know what's the – we're going to try to do 40 minutes of cold water because, I mean, it, it doesn't take it, – it's not going to take us to tell you that like Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. They got Gallup and Cooper. They got a great offensive line. They've, you know, the cold water, the obvious cold water is the defense. You know, it's, they've added a few pieces, but they've already had an injury on the defensive line. So I don't know. Like it's going to be easy for us to say the cold water is the defense being not good, but is there, is there a way to throw some cold water on this offense? Yeah, there is. I want you to. Um, I want you to do that. I, I know you can, but what, yeah, what no, do you I got think, for that? Like, I, yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I mean, overall, like reflecting on their 2019 campaign, I do think you are laying the fault in the correct place, which is at the feet of Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett consistently made in-game tactical errors that took points off the board for the Cowboys, in my opinion. Uh, he consistently. Um, you know, lost confidence of, uh, you know, players on the team, players in the locker room. Uh, and, uh, you know, for sure, after a brilliant 3-0 and start where the offense was gaining 500 yards a game and looked completely unstoppable, granted it was against three of the worst teams in the league, but let's set that aside for a second. Um, the game four against the Saints, they lose to Teddy Bridgewater and company 12-10. to and that game had all, all of the fingerprints of Jason Garrett kind of meddling with the game plan. And a ton of it seemed to be, again, this is all projection. It seemed like there was just a lot of drama and palace intrigue in Dallas that was completely unnecessary. Like, like uh, Kellen Moore was getting all this credit for the enormous steps forward that Dak Prescott took last year, the first three weeks. And Jason Garrett was like, wait a second, this is my offense. I'm going to get in here and I'm going to, you know, meddle with this and put my fingerprints on it. And it was a disaster. They lose the next three. Um, Embarrassing, embarrassing loss capped off by uh, that that game against the Jets where they were like eight point favorites on the road. They lose 24, 22. It was not even really competitive. Um, And yet, and and the Jets tried to lose that game. They did. (laughs) They tried so hard. It was crazy. Um, That was rough. But uh, yeah, and so now you're three and three after this, you know, this crazy hot start and it never really got right for them like there were so many games where you're just like look that you have you know they 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 play great against the eagles that you know dominate them in prime time they dominate the giants in prime time and it's like okay they're figuring it out and they come out and just lay an absolute egg to the minnesota vikings capped off by uh you know vikings basically doing whatever they wanted in crunch time of that game 
uh, and uh, you know the the looking around like wow this Dallas defense is hapless they are toothless they you know they have completely um, you know lost any ability to to dictate the way the game is played um, and then just a series of like incredible uh, underwhelming performances against the Patriots Bills and Bears the Bears one was probably their Second worst game, Bills game. I don't the, even know the, which their the worst Bear, games were. No, the were. Bears, These games the Bears were all, and they, Jets games were so bad. But uh, the yeah, New the Orleans Bills game, Thanksgiving. The, the New Orleans were good. New Orleans was a good team, but with a, a and I don't want to say like a backup because Teddy's a, you know, a starter caliber backup. But at the same time, to score twelve points or ten points rather, that that was four field goals. You you didn't allow yeah, them to score right. a touchdown, and you did. That's right. Run. Elliot had like here it is. Elliot had thirty five rushing yards that day. Prescott yeah. threw for two twenty three. New Orleans is a very good team, but at the same time, that might have been worse than the Jets game. At least they they were lively at the end. The you know the Vikings game where they just they won that Vikings game. Like I, I guess I was in my mind that was a loss somehow. No, oh, no, they lost the Vikings uh, twenty-eight, twenty-four. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, they did lose yeah. that game. They, For they some couldn't. Reason they couldn't stop them at the end. The Vikings yeah. just basically drove it right down their throat at the end of that game, and it was, uh, it was like, wow, okay, I guess uh, you can't even put away a lead. Um, it's like the, they had these weird rest stops, though, where it's like, all right, all right, the offense is back yeah, because right. it'd be, it'd be the New York game. They they just dropped a hammer on New York coming off the bye. It's like, all right, they just a little break. We're back. They're you know they're like five and three now. This is a good team. They got Minnesota coming here. They can absolutely beat Minnesota. That's you know that's that's a team they should beat. And yeah, it looked like it. And then Detroit. Honestly, I'm not sure they should have won the Detroit game. That was an ugly one. The New England. Yeah, they scored nine versus New England. Fifteen versus. But those are tough defenses. But at the same time, if you're going to be a a team on the up and up, you need to. Yeah. You muted yourself. Can you hear me? How did I lose sound? Maybe your headphones came on. Oh, there you're back. Sorry. Oh, okay. I don't know if I was muted or whatever, but yeah, the Chicago, Chicago dropping 31 on them doesn't feel good even in Chicago, because it's the Bears. And then it's like uh, you give up on the team again, and they throw 44 against L.A. Yeah. And a couple times, the Washington yeah. game, too. They, they, their offense, yeah. it's like their offense would come alive at certain points, and then you'd get these absolute stinkers, and I think it was just a, a failure at the top. Yeah, and you, right, right. there was for sure, it felt like, at times, ownership would put pressure on Garrett to give the ball to Zeke more, right? Like, hey, we just gave this guy all this money. He's our bell cow. Like, why isn't he getting more touches, right? And it was like all these competing interests and, you know, too many, um, you know, too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, really, uh, in terms of just how the whole uh, stew came together. And that's still my worry. I Even with Mike McCarthy, who is a more um, – I guess he has more bona fides and that he won a Super Bowl. Uh, he's been to numerous, you know, he's had more success in the playoffs than Jason Garrett ever had. He's not like, uh, you know, a, a yes man, you know, um, uh, will do whatever Jerry says sort of 
kind of, you know, what, what Garrett was kind of labeled as towards the end there. Um, but there's still going to be pressure from Jera. He's still going to be, you know, trying to um, influence things in some way, shape, and form. He still is not over, I don't think, the fact that he didn't get more credit for the Dallas Cowboys dynasty of the early 90s. Um, something that is weird that he would have that uh, insecurity about, but uh, billionaires are weird, I guess. Um, and he's a super weird dude. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't, that's just, not like some hot take. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, to answer your question going forward, that's what could derail this team. You can have, it could be in it. They, you have all of these weapons, all of these tools. Um, you've given Amari Cooper money now on top of uh, a top of Zeke Elliott. You, you kind of, you kind of screwed up your quarterback negotiation by not getting Dak signed. He's playing under the franchise tag this year. Um, a little bit uncertain the going forward. The weird, though, too. You could, you can, like, do this for years now. Like, you could you – could, I mean, you'd have to pay him, like, $50 million in a couple of years. But, yeah, you can just keep Kirk Cousins' his ass. Yeah, he's Which got more I, leverage. I don't like, though, I don't like it. He does, have, he does have some leverage. So, it's, it's, that was a weird kind of um, – uh, you know, not getting him locked down, I think, is going to play out to be a mistake once it's all said and done. Uh, as for sure, not getting him to uh, a team-friendly deal before um, Pat Mahomes' number came in was a was a little bit of a misfire. Um, and you lose other important players because you have so much money tied up in Zeke Elliott, which was an which was kind of again going back to how a franchise makes a mistake when they have all these awesome pieces and they don't ever realize their potential. It's because you do something like give Zeke Elliott $50 million or whatever they did. And, uh, or hundred, do you get four years, a hundred million dollars? I can't even remember what the number was, but it was absolutely ridiculous. Ludicrous um, regardless. Especially because they have a, a, you know, a capable backup in Tony Pollard, who's probably reasonably should get more touches. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed now. Um, there's a lot of competing interests uh, and you know, you get CD Lamb falling in your lap, uh, who might end up being one of the better wide receivers to come out in last. I remember of years. that was the weirdest spot. That was maybe the most I've ever seen your brain freeze during the draft. And I, like, I don't want to take anything away from you. You murdered the draft. You were you were killing it, especially live betting. I think you burnt an account that night. Yeah, but that is you, true. you. But when we got there, you're just like you were just baffled that you could get a good number on them drafting defense. Like, and I I remember trying to like somebody in the chat, it's just like, what are you guys talking about? They're going to take CD lamb. It's Jerry fucking Jones. Yeah. And it it like dawned on me. And I remember like 10 minutes later, you're just, you're just like, (laughs) yeah, you know, it, it took like 10 minutes for the fog to clear. And you're like, well, of course they took C.D. Lamb. What, what was I thinking? But it, it, it was such a weird – like, it never crossed our minds pre-draft that that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, the because yeah, the, the problem is – a shitload of vacated targets from Cobb and Witten, too. So yeah, like he, that's true. He's, you know, there's a lot of moths to feed, but I, he'll get some food. Yeah. it's They're so stacked at receiver. They have the best trio, I think. It's not really up for debate because Michael Gallup is also very, very good. And has oh, good yeah. chemistry with Dak. Um, Amari Cooper is very, very good. Uh, Kellen Moore's system fits these guys absolutely like a glove. Um, and, you know, it's 
They have a you know super competent offensive line overall, which helps things, of course. Um, but you know my kind of WTF about the positional you know drafting, um, yeah, best player available versus plugging in need. need. Like you needed a you defense need so much on defense. Like there are so 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 many holes. You in you know in giving all of these players. Um, you know, contracts, you lose Byron Jones, who was by far and away your best defensive player last year, last couple of years, I thought. Um, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is a nice pass rusher, but he's not the same level of impact on a game-by-game basis that Byron Jones is, in my opinion. Um, and you have Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh is a very underwhelming duo uh, that you are asking to do a lot. Uh, and that is going to manifest as a problem. I do not know if this defense is going to be effective at all stopping the run, which is a little bit of a kiss of death uh, in terms of, you know, if you are playing a team like the Eagles and they get a lead on you, um, how are you stopping Miles Sanders exactly? How are you getting the ball back to use your weapons, right? Like there is going to be games that they lose like that because they just can't get off the field. I feel like that felt like that happened in the Buffalo Bills game last year. I feel like that happened in the Minnesota Vikings game last year. Um, basically, one, two, three. The Bears game, same thing. You know, they couldn't. They couldn't. <laughs> ironically, Mitch Trubisky's think, wheels were tough yeah. for them to handle <laughs> that one. And um, Mitch Trubisky is a good runner. It's just odd that they like the Bears decided to get away from that last year because i mean we saw it in that game like that was the one glimpse that was that was like the glimpse of 2018 mitch like oh he gets it it sucks for bears fans because they got their hopes up a little sorry yeah Yeah, it was tough for you to come back on the pack the the packers pulled away from you and you couldn't come back on them largely because they could run it down your throats in the fourth quarter um yeah i mean like the anti not anti-chiefs but like the inverse of Chiefs, like if the Chiefs are down big, like maybe look at that live total and see, you know, not always just Chiefs money line, but look at the live total or the Chiefs live team total and be like, maybe that's not quite high enough. If Dallas gets a big lead on somebody <laughs> and they have a decent, you know, pass or a rush defense – yeah, like there's not a, there's not a ton of offenses in this league that I wouldn't take to score some garbage points or come back on Dallas. Yeah, especially if if they can stop Zeke and Pollard and get the ball back. Yeah, like those live those live totals are super live. Dallas with a big lead screams a bunch more points. Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, no gate, no lead is safe with this defense. <laughs> in the same way that uh, you know, no lead is safe against the Chiefs um, and. It's the same also goes in terms of their volatility from a stars and scrubs standpoint. Yeah. They got a good backup quarterback in Andy Dalton. That's, that's fine. You have a good backup running back in Tony Pollard. So if you lose game, if you lose Dak games, if you lose Zeke games, no big deal. You got redundancy at wide receiver. No big deal. Offensive line. Very, very thin defense already. You don't have talent. Any injury is a huge problem. Um, I yeah, and they I mean, already had one. Yeah, and they already had one. Yeah, it's right. McCoy's done for the season. Um, and you know, it's gonna be they they took a bunch of swings in free agency on like hopeful, um, you know, hopeful 
rehab projects. Like we're going to rehabilitate Don, Don Terry Poe as far as a a, a, a capable NFL player. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. We're gonna we're gonna get him uh, back up to you know better than replacement level, right? Daryl Worley. We're gonna get him. Uh, yeah, up, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> not super excited for that. I mean, they they gave him three million dollars. Well, they didn't have a choice. They yeah, they did. Bodies. They needed bodies, and all yeah. all told, like these guys are going to take meaningful snaps, and it's going to be really, really tough. I Gr- really... Griffin was a nice signing. Like Griffin was a nice signing. A lot of them are just, a lot of them are just two, three million dollar bodies. You had to have some depth, but it is the corner you've painted yourself in when you are, you know, you're paying a running back as much as you are, and you know it's not like Dak doesn't make good money on. You know the situation that they've put him in. The offensive line's pretty expensive. The D line's kind of expensive. You don't have a ton of money left. Like they have the fourth most expensive offense right now. Yeah, that checks out entirely. Um, all because that Z contract. Um, okay, so yeah. real quick, and obviously the franchise quarterback is is a the franchise tag quarterback is always a, a tough one to swallow too. Um, let's talk about Dak for a second. Um, is there a the potential? <laughs> that's a good. I, I, that's a good throwback. I totally forgot about that. Um, does not know how angle. to use. He does not know how to use a camera. We know that. Um, does he, uh, in your opinion, have top top tier NFL quarterback talent, or are you still, or do you need to see more from him in terms of progression? Does he need to show you? Um, more consistency over the course of the season before you can put him in the conversation with the likes of Pat Mahomes and uh, Russell Wilson oh, yeah. and Deshaun no, Watson can't. and Lamar Jackson. Like, 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 is he the fifth best quarterback in the NFL after those top four? Is he on their level? Is he in the next tier? Where, where do you? How many uh, quarterbacks would you trade him for across the NFL? You think? Yeah, he's below that. He's below those guys. And I don't know if it's entirely his fault. I think some of it might be, you know, we've rag, just broken record on Jason Garrett, but he, his ceiling might be, might be somewhere within the realm of those guys. Like, I, I think it is. Like, my opinion is his ceiling is a top five quarterback. It just maybe needs the coaching around him. I mean, we've seen great coaching bring some, worse quarterbacks to higher heights than this. And I think he has a ton of natural talent, super athletic, great arm. He doesn't make – I don't think he makes terrible choices as much as some of these quarterbacks who are, you know, like I guess throw Jameis out there. But I think his ceiling is there. I don't think he's there. I don't think I've seen him play at that level, not for an extended period of time, certainly not for, you know, several games or even half a season, but it's there. So I'm – Maybe one of the biggest reasons I'm I'm hopeful for the new coaching staff coming in and gosh, if if you want to bet Dak, you know, the, you want to turn a negative into a positive, like Dak props might be pretty solid if this defense sucks. <laughs> They're constantly like they get a comfortable lead that evaporates quickly and then they just have to keep tossing it. He could he could have a hell of a year. Like he could be an MVP talks just based on having a shitty defense and great receivers. So I, I think the the ceiling's there, but no, he's he's second tier for me right now, somewhere in the, you know, like six to eight range. Uh, you gotta yeah. you gotta put you gotta put Mahomes, 
Russ, um, Deshaun, Lamar. I mean, who's the, who's your next guy there? I guess Brady's old as shit. But would you, if you needed one season or one game with the same offense? Yeah, you know, is it is it Brady or Dak? Is it uh, some of these other high end quarter? I, you know, obviously, I'm not taking Philip Rivers over him, but I'm trying to think of some of those guys that are right. Right, it seems like it's just a mess from there. There's a bunch of good quarterbacks, like Stafford with those receivers. Yeah, I I've seen him have wild ass seasons where he he can do quite a bit with less. I'm not saying Matt Stafford's better than D- Dak, but I haven't seen Dak have that, and I think a lot of it's just the situation he's been he's been put in. He's got a lot of years ahead of him still. Like it seems like he's been around forever, but he's still quite a young man. So, I'm I'm optimistic that he can slide into that top five. Yeah, no, I think um, I mean all the other guys that would be occupying that fifth spot are old, <laughs> like Breeze, Brady. Yeah, Brady's Brady really arm. I mean, I Brady's going to be in the conversation because his weapons are so damn good this year. Um, but big, uh, big Ben's old. Ben, um, yeah. Um, Wentz, you know, we Matt just Ryan, went over Wentz. Kirk Cousins, like I would take him over all those guys. I, I think that I think currently, I, I guess I would. Um, I would. Breeze, have a, so Breeze and Brady are so smart, though. It's hard not to. It's hard not to like those guys. Yeah, I have a tougher time. Uh, if you offered me like uh, I don't know Joe Burrow or Kyler Murray for Dak Prescott, I'm thinking hard about that just because their talent ceiling might be higher, even though we haven't seen as good a play from them as we saw it from Dak last year. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Dak like that's the the mess from like from like five to nine. I think at the end of the year year end rankings, there's a mess there of behind those four obvious ones where you have. Breeze, Brady, Dak, maybe Kyler, Big Ben, maybe Stafford. Like yeah. that gets pretty messy in there, and a lot of it's based on situation. And some of those guys are old as shit, and they yeah. might not make it through the season. And overall, you know, Wince, Wince, Wince stays healthy. Yeah, Wince, Wince is a fringe guy in there. Overall, Prescott's QBR last year was top five. I think it was top three actually. Let me look. Uh, he was. It's the best year of his career. It was by far the best year of his career. He was number four after Lamar, Patrick, and Drew Brees. Uh, he was number three in EPA, uh, and he was very solid in com- in um, you know completion percentage over expectation. And he, yeah, he's got a good system, good coaching, good uh, weapons. It's a it all should be solid from this year. I'd be I would be much 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 more surprised to see him take a meaningful step backwards uh, than I would be him repeating or even taking a step forwards. Would you agree? Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting to see what can we, you know, what, what the ceiling of this team can be offensively. Uh, we threw, we've thrown a lot of cold water here in terms of they have massive holes defensively. They're going to lose games that they should win because teams are going to come back on them and stun them. Um, but in the same sentence, uh, there are a lot of teams that are just not going to be able to go score for score with these guys. A lot of teams. Uh, it is a hard schedule overall. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is a team that should get to double digit wins. 
um, and should win the NFC East uh, just on the basis of the fact that we could see all-time scoring out of this unit. Um, I played them to be the highest scoring team in the NFL at uh, 10 to 1 or 12 to 1. I remember you talking about that. I think it's a better play than Mike McCarthy, Coach of the Year. We got into a big fight about that because you liked Coach of the Year for Mike McCarthy. And I, oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I that. have a tough time believing that, given that you know they are this preseason darling, and a lot of people are predicting them to do great things this year. It's awfully tough to exceed those expectations. I know, but they're gonna that that narrative. He's gonna get so many headlines like Mike Mike McCarthy fixed this team. Oh, it was all Jason Garrett. Like they love already ragging on Garrett. So it's going to be – it's such a narrative-driven thing. Yeah. And it was like 14 – what was his price? It was like 10 or 12 to 1. They were a very yeah, comfortable was, price. That's why similar. we were kind of – that was why we had the big debate about it because I was like, I really feel like this is a better way we'll to attack. Yeah, we'll have to remember this because I don't even know if I bet that. that. Um, the, um, yeah, so it's, it's just still a tough schedule, and it's especially tough late. I really don't love how it breaks for them. In the four of the last five weeks, I know that they one of those games is the Bengals, um, and we're not expecting much from the Bengals this year. But if I'm playing them, I sure as hell would rather be early in my schedule, not you know towards the end of the year when they may actually have their feet under them. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. And all kind of in the mix of Baltimore, San Francisco, Philly. Like that's a nasty, nasty little way to end your season. Um, and I think it could throw cold water on this team in terms of uh, both playoff seating and maybe even winning the NFC East if Philadelphia is at you know nine and seven, ten and six. This or could throw, come down to that week sixteen game. Scoring too. It could, which again is another weird thing about uh, uh, Dak Prescott is he played pretty, pretty, pretty underwhelming football in some of the cold weather games we saw last year. Yeah, uh, that. Patriots game notably, the Philadelphia game notably, um, some airmails. So. I mean, if if they're hot down the stretch, he's like if they go to Baltimore and win, and then get it done at San Francisco, like the DAC MVP hype train is yeah, it writes itself. Point. Yeah, it that writes itself. like like they're gonna win all these awards, and then God bless them, they'll lose in the divisional playoffs again. Yeah, Baltimore is going to score 45 on them, though. They're going to have to beat them 51 to 45. That'll be – yeah, that's a game I'm very much looking forward to. San Francisco. I mean, Baltimore's time of possession. How how badly did Baltimore win the time of possession battle against the Cowboys? you got to give it one. to <laughs> – are we considering McCarthy rookie head coach on Thursday? Uh, no. No, no, no. No? No? No. Okay. no. Uh, also, been, it's been, not – It's that, been a while. It's not a uh, it's not a traditional Thursday. No, it's Thanksgiving, right? No, it's a week after Thanksgiving, and so they'll have a full week of prep. Oh, it is. It's the weird Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're playing back to back Thursdays, Washington, and then, then these Baltimore. things happen. Yeah, God, that's a good one though. Um, oh God, it's gonna be a great game. Yeah, um, very exciting for that game. It's very exciting for the San Francisco game too, man. That's strength. I mean, see, again, like, I just don't know how you're beating San Francisco. I don't know how you're beating San Francisco in a regular season, let alone the playoffs. Like, how are you stopping that running attack? They're like, both Baltimore and San Francisco are just going to. Uh, you might not gonna, have the ball that You're much. not going to have the ball. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, 
you're going to have so few chances. You're going to have to capitalize on every single one of them, zero margin for error. And, um, yeah, it's, ah, yeah. It's like, like those are the teams that you really just don't want any part of. Um, which, and I got bad news for you, Dallas, you're going to have to go through San Francisco if you want to make the Super Bowl this year. Um, are we a year early on Dallas as far as realistically competing for a Super Bowl? Do they need to coach up these defensive players and make a, make a couple more moves uh, to bolster some of the holes on this on that side of the roster before they're realistically competing, you know, in the conversation? Yeah, I think that to be a legitimate contender to take out, you know, New Orleans, Tampa, San Francisco, whoever else that comes out of the north, they, their defense has to surprise us a little. I think the off, we're going to get what we expect out of the offense. We're going to have a good offense. If the offense isn't good, they're, they're, they're dicks. That's, Might be, that's, yeah. be a big, yeah. that's a big problem. But if the defense surprises a little, if some of these shitty pieces they brought in click, if it's not as bad as we thought, if maybe a new head coach, new coordinator, new D coordinator too as well. So maybe if some of those things click and the defense plays well, then yeah, they're a Super Bowl contender. But if the defense is awful, it's a, it's like you said, the the Niners matchup is a that's a rough matchup for them. They have a good defensive line that's going to come at you. They have decent secondary and they're going to score and run on you. You might have like you might have the ball for like 20 minutes. So trying to beat a team like that in a playoff environment, maybe, you know, at the jeans that's yeah. going to be a tough – that's a super tough ask. Going to the Superdome, super tough ask. Yeah. Stopping Tampa Bay with their receivers, very tough ask. Like the, it's the, If the defense isn't good, start naming all the receivers on those teams. I mean, granted, San Francisco's had some injuries, but they'll just pound it down your throat and not let you play. But the Tampa Bay and New Orleans and some of these top teams in the NFC – the receiving course is just going to murder you if that defense is what we, you know, yeah. the worst case scenario. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's tough to win in the playoffs if you can't stop anyone. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a reasonable possibility that uh, uh, one of the, one of the worst, ironically for Mike McCarthy, and if the NFL was scripted, this is how they would do it is uh, Dallas would, uh, would lose out. Um, they would lose out to Philadelphia in the NFC East and be the uh, five seed in the playoffs with the which with is like a, a magical run. Yeah, with like they'd be like ten and six, right? And yeah. um, and guess who wins the uh, NFC North and is the four seed in this case? It's the Green Bay Green Packers. Bay, Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so you send Dallas to uh, Lambeau, and yeah, Matt Lafleur's heavy. Heavy run emphasis package uh, plays keep away for you from you for uh, uh, for sixty minutes. And something we <laughs> failed to mention with this whole defensive thing, they have to be the favorite to sign Earl Thomas. I would what expect a, I mean, that. Yeah. What a fit! Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like eighty. Yeah, I'm like eighty percent expecting him to be a cowboy. Yeah, playing the. I don't know. Yeah, the Clowney will end up. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't know where Clowney's going to end up. But yeah, Earl Thomas probably he loses his grievance first off. Like that is yeah. going to go well. But he'll so be. Too. I think he'll probably be a cowboy because it's a, it's a great fit. If you're him, you're going to another good team in the other conference. Oh man, that what a storyline! Earl Thomas playing the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, that'd be mm. cool. That'd, that'd be, be cool. cool. So, um. Yeah, and so they're they're going to need that, and then probably one more, one or two more guys that are 
not expected to do as much to pop up and really surprise really surprise us on that defense and then yeah then all of a sudden it's like shit this is like a 14 win team yeah 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 and really like jerry jones if you don't if you don't prioritize signing your linebacker jalen smith and your running back zeke elliott um you avoid all of this <laughs> right you like probably got a super bowl already and 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 or Byron Jones is still here, and or you know like just a, you know a bunch of uh, you know positional players where you know positional spots where you are super thin. You have uh, you know you were able to keep some of your guys who are backups who left. Um, and you know it's it's a that's it's got to be frustrating to a degree to be a Cowboys fan because you can fire the you can fire the uh, the GM, you can fire the uh, uh, the coach, but you can't fire the owner. And in this case, I guess he is the GM. <laughs> so yeah, you, know, you can't so, pick your friends' can't, nose. Can't really fire the GM, but yeah, you can fire all the coaches you want, and they finally get a new, new, fresh crack at it with a, uh, um, you know, with a, a hire that I guess I share your somewhat of your optimism that Mike McCarthy is going to be end up being a good hire for them long term. But um, I don't know. I I also I don't I you know I just don't know if. I just don't know how easy it is to navigate the political water that is Jerry world. Yeah. I, I'm, I guess I'm hoping he's more of a CEO kind of coach. Yeah. And he realizes he has a couple of decent coordinators. I think Mike Nolan can be a fine defensive coordinator. I think Mike Nolan probably a terrible head coach, but uh, Kellen Moore likely a plus, you know, a plus EV coordinator even as a, hasn't, haven't seen a ton of him yet as he's been kind of silenced by Garrett at times, but I think you have some decent coordinators around you and just kind of let them do it. Play the CEO, keep everybody happy, you know, just run the show, let them guys call the plays and just watch the magic happen. Just take it all in. Don't do anything crazy. It's a, it's not an easy schedule. So if they do, if they do well, even if they do have a successful season, it might be like a ten and six divisional win. Like this, that could be a, a pretty good season for them with with this kind of schedule with Baltimore, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Seattle. I mean, there's a bunch of playoff teams. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Eagles twice if the Eagles get their shit together. So it's not an easy schedule. It, it might be, you know, a, a very qualified success at like eleven and five and still a very frisky team in the playoffs. So. I'm excited, but I'm yeah. I'm very excited to see what this offense can do, and if you're hoping this team does well, like I guess I have an over nine. I hope they do at least that well. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Bet. I mean, obviously the market totally agrees. Uh, it's this is one of the ones that's taken the most steam up. And again, we could have seen this coming a million miles away, and we should always just plan on doing this after the Super Bowl. Is just look at the pie pack differences, and you can kind of. Uh, get a very, very reasonable sense as to where the market activity is going to be. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they yeah, underachieved I mean, so much. Everybody like, knows about Pythag. This was going to yeah, go one way. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to see that. Oh, and I've done that in other sports when there's a team that just has a stupid Pythag. I'm like, well, I'm going to probably bet against that next year. It's probably going to work, and at the end of the year, I'm going to wish I put more money on it. 
I feel like it was the Texas Rangers like four or five years ago had some just ridiculous, stupid number in one game in one run games, and you know they oh, yes. they went under they went under their regular season win total with a few weeks left the next year. Yeah, you know, it was like the that. only baseball. It's like the only baseball bet I made that year, just because somebody talked about it, like how lucky they were and how lucky they were, and I said, "Well, I'll probably just bet against that next year, right?" And yeah, works out. Yeah, so Dallas. Yeah, just maybe keep an eye on that at the end of the year when those regular season win totals up. There's, you know, they're not high limits, but you can probably find some pretty good value early on. Yeah. No, I agree. Portland plus seven in danger early. Oh, I'm giving away that we're I'm giving away that we recorded this early. Yeah, uh, the Trailblazers might be done. <clears throat> they haven't scored um, yet. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Well, um, final prediction for the Cowboys: How far do they make it in the playoffs? Eleven and five, losing the championship game to whoever. Okay, San Francisco. Probably. Yeah. Throw it back. Throw it back to the mid nineties. That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. Yeah, we could have like San. Oh, you'd have like the. I I want to say that'd probably be the ninety five final four, if you had San Francisco, Dallas, and then Chargers, Steelers. That'd be you'd be asking a lot for. Yeah, the AFC second part one. two of that would be a very tough ask. That's tricky. That's tricky. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well. Good job, wrap up on the NFC East, and we will do the last and least. AFC oh my East. God, it's, it's <laughs> that means we're getting close, though. It means we're getting close. It's absolutely true. Um, all right, good job by you, and uh, we will uh, we'll put a bow on this next week. Yeah, we'll reconvene and do some more. <laughs>